0: Well, dear church family and friends, according to today's sacred passage of Scripture in Proverbs 4.23, all the issues of life which we face in this life, in the end, really come down to one thing, which our passage here speaks of. And that's really what's in our hearts, whether our hearts are the Lord's or not. Whether we are truly right with our God. The word of God this morning says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Proverbs 4.23 Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. In warfare men go through great pains, do they not, to protect themselves their bodies, and especially their most vital parts, their organs, and especially that most, most vital of organ, the heart. Men put on armory and metal mesh and employ shields and many other such things to protect their hearts because you can lose an eye and yet live. You can lose a, a leg and yet live but one cannot lose our heart can they and live if you lose your heart that's it you've lost your life and friends the same is true spiritually speaking if god does not have our heart doesn't matter what our outward life says if god does not have our heart that's it friends we've lost our life for eternity If God does not have your heart, it is lost, dear friends, to the enemy of our souls. The Lord said in Matthew 6.21, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where your heart is will therefore determine the outcome of your life and that which the eternity to come will bring you. And so, friends, with this in mind, let us consider... This Lord's Day, I'd like to bring two particular points this Lord's Day in regards to our text. Firstly, the means used to know one's own heart. So firstly, primarily speaking here are the main means, the word of God we see. The means used to know one's heart. God uses means, does he not? And secondly, actually understanding Secondly, one's own heart. We cannot do this by ourselves. How can man actually understand his own heart? The desire of the heart, the affections of the heart, how that relates to what we hear, what we see, what we we think about, where it leads our feet, how we live our lives. We see in verse 20 through to the end how the word of God used in relation to man's faculties, like I said, the desire, the affection, how that how that outworks to where we go in life, what we do in life, where we live in life, who we marry in life, what we employ as our entertainments, what we hear, what we see. It all depends upon the heart, you see. It's the source, is it not? when the Holy Spirit of God so quickens and awakens any poor lost sinner to himself, there is an attendance, there begins to become an attendance upon the word of God. Verse 20 of Proverbs 4 says, My son, attend to my words. Incline thy ear unto my sayings. That's why when we go, we go out in evangelism, the Scriptures, the Word of God, along, of course, with uh, praying for the Holy Spirit, is vital to our ministry. Tracks, Bibles, speaking to people the Word of God on the doors, in the open air, in our witness to loved ones, to colleagues. The word of God, when uh, a man, woman, or child are so quickened by the Holy Spirit and by the means, the primary means uh, by which people are saved, the word of God, there becomes an attendance upon the word of God. Attend to my words, incline thy ear unto my sayings. When the Lord was quickening me, I remember very vividly before I was saved, Um, the Word of God came with great power. And like I said, yes, through people, through the faith of other believers. And I remember one particular believer in particular, it was an Irishman called Kevin, and he spoke to me if I had a relationship with the Lord God, and he started speaking to me about the Word of God. And I remember there was a drawing there. I believe that was the first promptings of the Holy Spirit within me, prompting me, There was an attendance upon the word of God, something which I'd never felt before. There was a drawing there. There was an inclining to my affections and my mind to the word of God. Is this true of you? Has there been a time in your life where there has been this sincere heartfelt attendance upon the word? A true belief, a a true stirring up as it were. How often are we told in the Psalms, in particular Psalm 119, how God quickens according to his word. David, over and over again, quicken me according to thy word, according to thy judgments, according to thy loving kindness, according to thy righteousness. And when this work of God within a man or a woman's heart and mind is effectual, they cannot help stop thinking about God's word the word of God is forever in their heart and their mind they cannot stop thinking upon the word of God we see in verse 21 let them that is the words of God not depart from thine eyes in other words in thine mind keep them in the midst of thine heart one cannot stop thinking about God's word about God's judgments about the ways of God, about the righteousness of God, about the loving kindness and mercy of God, about the attributes of God, about the name of God. There is a pondering over one's direction in life. There is a check upon sinful thoughts and desires. There is a removing of one's foot from evil, when the quickening power of the Holy Spirit and the the Word so work together in in a poor sinner's heart, we see this process starting to happen. And when a work of grace is happening within one's heart, the Word of God, the Bible, reveals two major truths to them. Two major truths. Firstly, it reveals an understanding of one's own self. One's own heart. Calvin spoke much of this. The the Bible, the word of God, reveals firstly an understanding of our own hearts by nature, what we are. And it's so different from what the culture tells us. And secondly, it reveals an understanding of who God is. And of course, He is not only our Creator, but He is our Savior. And our great need of Him. Well, we thought a little bit about how God uses his word as a means to bring us to himself, I'd like to now focus secondly upon actually understanding one's own heart. Have you come to understand your own heart? Proverbs 4.23 says once again, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. In order for one's heart to be kept, one must, by the grace of God, seek to understand their own heart. Because we know that the true God, the God of the Bible, is not like the dumb gods of this world. The true God sees our hearts. He sees our desires. He sees our affections. He sees into our, the very innermost recesses of our hearts. The idols of this world have eyes and they see not. They have ears and they hear not. They cannot help us. And you know, believers can testify of this. Nothing is more difficult in this life than understanding our own hearts. But nothing, dear friends, is more needful than that, is it not? And God alone is the one that can open up our hearts as it were. God's word here, through the wisdom of Solomon, which God gave to Solomon, sends out the warning flare, as it were, that warning shot here to our conscience and to our souls. He says, Beware, beware of misapplying your life's energies. Take great care to begin at the right place. Your heart, your heart. So often, dear friends, we start at the wrong place. So often in our society, we say, well, things are going to part in that part of my life, with my marriage or with uh, with my family or at work, and all these things, and I I need to be a better person or I need to do this in my life and that in my life. So often we try to address the symptoms and and not the cause. This is true of modern medicine, isn't it? we, 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 we take paracetamol. We, we're not looking at the cause of our problems. And this is true spiritually speaking. Out of the heart are the issues of life. We must address, really, our hearts. If you can imagine, if our bodies were a nation, a great nation, and we protected them, we adorned them with many securities, many fence cities, many high walls, a strong army, as it were, if our, if our bodies were a nation. But yet, if the capital of that nation, our hearts, began to uh, become corrupt, began to set up false idol worship, as we see, do we not, in the scriptures? And then, really, from within, that nation, you think in the days of Solomon and the kings thereafter, all those idols coming in from the many false gods of this world, and then, again, that nation, from within, began to become corrupt. And that brought God's judgment upon that nation. You see, you can have the greatest army in the world, America has one of the greatest armies in the world, they have this huge army, but we see it's been subverted from within. And we see Washington, what it's become now. The corruption, the selfishness, the ungodliness, the, the removal from the word of God. I'm not saying in, in, in all cases, there are still, thankfully, all godly men and women still standing for the law. People of conviction. But you see, it starts from within, the heart your heart, friends, is the great reservoir and fountainhead from which all the streams of life flow from. Your heart is like a great reservoir. If the reservoir and the fountainhead of life becomes contaminated and polluted, it will affect all the streams downhill from it, all the issues of life. And if you can imagine a great factory. I saw once a documentary in China, this huge factory set up near this reservoir. And this factory, unbeknownst to the people, was pumping out all sorts of chemicals and toxins into this great reservoir. And the people, the millions of people in the villages down below, and the cities and the towns, the rivers, the great rivers that led into streams down below, Well they were living their life, they were still fishing, they were still using the water for irrigation to uh, plant their fields and they were still using water to drink, to wash their clothes, to clean and so life was good but you see over time that great reservoir and the toxins going in slowly but surely started to contaminate that great reservoir And it started to make its way down into the rivers and into the streams. And it started to affect every vein, as it were, in that that province. And what happened next? Well, the fish started dying. The, The trees started to become fruitless. The farms started to, the vegetables started to die. Because they were feeding them with these toxic chemicals People started to become up with rashes and started to become sick. And eventually, they caught on that it started to bring death. And friends, this is like our hearts by nature, is it not? Our hearts, like nature, if they're not dealt with, are are like this. Out of it are the issues of life. If God does not have your heart this morning, friends... Through unbelief. It doesn't matter how you patch up the outward. If your heart is not right with the Lord, it's all in vain. And what we try to do is we try to fix, like I said, the stream. We try to fix the, the stream without thinking to fix the source of the stream. Our hearts. We put plasters, as it were. I was doing this, for, <laughs> I was doing this with a car for many years. Until someone told me, Lee, you really need to get a better car. <laughs> I had this old Ford Fiesta, and I loved that car. I was loath to part with that car for years. But I kept on spending a near for- a fortune on it, putting plasters on it all the time. So Lee, you got to get yourself a new car. You could have bought yourself a brand new car by now. And that's what we do with our lives. We never get to the root of the problem, our hearts. We never get through to the root cause. We we treat the symptoms and not the cause, as it were. And the Lord Jesus Christ himself speaks of this very truth. He said to the Pharisees, and the hypocritical religious elite of that day, in Matthew's Gospel 12, verses 34 through 35, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, Speak good things, for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. What was the Lord saying? He's saying it doesn't matter what other people think of you. Many people may think you're the greatest believer ever. Your life may be as a white sepulcher, but inside it's full of dead man's bones. There's no life in there. That's what the Lord is saying to them. Your heart is not right with God. Yes, you're outward. You you pay me lip service, but your heart is far from me. And Christ again says to his own disciples, confirming this truth in Matthew 15, 8 through 19, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart. And they defile the man. And verse 19, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. All these things come from the heart of the man and they defile the man. In other words, the Lord is saying our greater energies and attendance should be on where our hearts are. There must be an inner reformation of our hearts before an outward. There must be an inner transformation of our hearts towards the, the Lord God. And that's where we must begin. That's where we must start with our heart's desire and our affections. The natural man's heart is a fountain, is a reservoir of poison, isn't it? When God reveals himself to us, Through the scriptures and through the Spirit, we truly see our hearts from what they are. Like Job, we say, I am a vile. Because the light has shined in our heart and it shows the dirt of sin upon us. It is a great reservoir that has been utterly contaminated and polluted with sin. And it makes its way forth in every part of our lives like those streams. We see its effects. And sometimes the words which we, we've used, the thoughts that we've had, the direction which we've 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 lived, the, the way which we've gone. Every part, of what we've listened to, every part of our life has been tainted and polluted with sin because of this great reservoir that has been contaminated because of the fall, because of original sin. And we we all have it by nature. We cannot in our own strength purify this vast polluted reservoir of our hearts by our own strength. It's impossible. Only the Lord God can do that. In the days of Moses in Exodus 15, the children of Israel found no water in the wilderness. Remember that? Until they came to the old stream of Marah. Three days they had no water. They literally were needed that lifeline. These thirsty pilgrims tasted the water, that brackish, bitter water, as it were, and they could not drink it because it was exceedingly bitter. And that bitter stream, friends, that unpure, brackish, darkened stream is like our hearts, nature full of carnality full of covetousness pride pride of life slothfulness and bitter unbelief that's what our hearts are like by nature before conversion we live meaningless lives outside of christ shallow lives away from god in sin and emptiness there's a great void in our hearts We cut off our maker in our vanity, as it were. We cut off the fountainhead of every blessing, of all good. And no wonder why, if we've cut off that fountainhead, that pure, living water and stream, the waters, as it were, have become bitter. They've become stale and stagnant and lifeless, as it were. No wonder the streams of our hearts are like that of Morah, of Mara, because we've cut God out of our lives. The waters of our hearts are no longer living anymore. We think of a famine when it happens. And the fountainhead, when the fountainhead is cut off from the pools of water, the streams, well, what happens? You see these pools, they begin, there's no flowing water, there's no living water, so the fish begin to die the water becomes brackish and bitter. And that's what was happening at Mara, I believe. They became stagnant, stale, bitter. And really, if you trace from whence the emptiness and bitterness in your life comes from, we have no, no place further to look to than our own hearts. So often we blame so many things. But we've got to look to our own hearts, do we not? We've neglected our God. We've neglected so wonderful a salvation if we're outside of Christ. But friends, you know, there is one way back to God from the bitter streams of sin. Only one, which which we've given our hearts to by nature. And this was the way which the Lord showed to Moses at the bitter waters of Marah. The Lord showed Moses a certain tree, did he not? Just one tree, not many, just one, which needed to be cast into those bitter waters of Marah. And Moses hearkened to the voice of the Lord God. He listened to the word of God. Are we listening to the word of God? And he took that one Specific tree, and he cast it into those bitter waters. Then a miracle of grace took place in those waters. The supernatural happened. God made those bitter, stagnant, darkened, brackish, lifeless waters pure and clear and clean and sweet so that they could drink it. And that they could live. And God can do the same for you and I today, dear friends. If you have not yet closed with Christ, he can do the same when you look to the cross of Calvary. To you look to that tree and you see the Saviour hanging there on that cross for your sins. Paying the full debt of your sins. Taking your bitterness, taking your sin and bearing it upon that cross for you some 2,000 years ago. And by faith and through true belief in the word of God and in the gospel, like Moses, take that tree now, if you're not yet Christ's, and put it and receive it into your hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit, dear friends. Believe that when Christ died upon that accursed tree, it was for all your sins. Receive that into your hearts and watch and watch how God will change and transform your heart and consequently your life thereafter. And the impure, darkened, lifeless heart will turn into a, a pure heart, a clean, a sweet, and a, a clear heart that will reflect the glory of God. Not saying that you won't have any, have any more sins anymore, but you will certainly have new desires new delights in the Lord, in his word. You'll want to attend to the the word of God. You'll want to use your faculties for his glory. There'll be new desires and principles there. If Christ is now in your heart, dear friends, you have sweet purification through the gospel. And spare me now just in closing to speak to our hearts, to those of us who already love and know the Lord. Remember, beloved, if you desire true holiness in your heart and in your life and true instrumentality in God's service, you must begin with your heart. You must begin with your heart, for out of it are the issues of life. So often we as even believers can be sidetracked. Can we not? Why are these things happening in this area of my life or that area of my life? If we trace back, if we go to back to our hearts, it, it, more than likely, if we see in Revelation, it's more than likely it begins at our hearts. Watch and pray and guard. Watch your heart's desires, your affections, where they are. Begin at the heart. Guard your heart, as it were. Pray often for fresh supplies of grace that you may be full of the Holy Spirit, full of the living water, Christ. And that your life may be full of Christ and that it will overflow to others in your life. Daily go to the foot of Calvary and put on the helmet of salvation. Remind yourself of who you are, what God's done in your life. Your heart will be filled with love and gratitude for the Saviour. And there you can can commune with your God and you can have that sweet peace which this world cannot afford. The living waters will flow forth into your heart and into your life and into every stream of your life, friends. And it will bring forth fruitfulness. And God promises so. Through sincere prayer, through, through sincere heartfelt reading of the word, through the hearing of the word, through meditating upon The Lord and as goodness to you and uh, and living a life of faith in Christ's service and in sweet, no longer bitter, sweet communion with Him, you will keep thy heart with all diligence, by God's grace. The mind will be purged from vanity, the understanding from error, the will from perverseness, your conscience from guilt, and your affection upon the heavenly the Lord and not the earthly. O dear friends, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Amen. Amen. Feel free to contact us at Sovereign Grace Church in Tiverton. Email us at grace2seekers at gmail.com That's grace2seekers at gmail alternatively you can visit our website at www.sovereigngracereformedchurch.co.uk dot sovereign